You're listening to Healing Voices Project, where we share stories and the latest information from people who fight addiction every day. I'm Mike Torville, your host and author of Voices from the Fallen. Thank you for listening, for following, and most of all, for sharing with people you care about. Make your voice count too. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us back again on Healing Voices Project. And today we have another special guest. Her name is Judith Cosby. And Judy Cosby is the author of three books, uh, Threads, Spirit Threads, Messages of Hope and Healing, and a gratitude journal called Weaving the Threads of Gratitude. And um, Judith is a graduate of AIC College in Springfield and a longtime resident of Feeding Hills. And with her work, Judith shares the threads of her life experiences through the inspirational memoirs and hopes to encourage other people to see their strength overcoming adversities, hope, healing, and all kinds of things related to our spiritual lives that I think a lot of people overlook. Um, And I think it's just a common thing. So, um, Judy, thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Sure. Thank you for inviting me. Um, You know, here at, at our program, um, Healing Voices Project. We talk a lot about substance abuse. We talk about a lot about grief, um, hope, and healing. Um, sometimes it's physical. Sometimes it's mental, and of course, spiritual. And I think today we're going to talk a lot about the spiritual aspect of this, and how I think it's overlooked often, and uh, or misunderstood. Um, and it's just always present. And as you and I have talked many times, it's often overlooked when you don't pay attention but when you open yourself to it you you start to notice you start to feel it you start to bring things into your lives um when you do pay attention so anyway glad you're here thank you (laughs) sure um now you have three books and do i sense a little theme with your books? You do. Yeah. You do. That wasn't intentional. Really? No, it was not. <laughs> it started out. How did that start? Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of an interesting journey yeah. and, and one that I've always wanted to write a book. Mm. But like anybody else, you get involved in life. You know, you get married, you have kids, you, you know, you get involved in all the other different things. So my writing was more cathartic than it was actual, I'm going to sit down and write a book. And over the years, I compi- um, compiled these little stories. So it started like, as a, as a, not to interrupt you, yeah. is, like, is like a journal just for your own? Basically, yeah. yeah. The okay. stories of threads were yeah. basically um, a uh, aspect of things I saw, extraordinary moments that I thought were compelling to me. I didn't have an intention of sharing them. I just was compiling them. And, um, and then as life went on, I think what happens to us is it usually takes for a life change of me becoming an author, a catastrophic moment or a, or an, a, a tumultuous time that brought me to writing my books. And so uh, I attended some workshops. I dabbled with writing. Um, I actually even came up with the title Threads. It was originally going to be Tapestry of Life. And then I came up with the title Threads. Threads is your first book. Correct. Yeah. Threads okay. is my first book. And so I... Um, 
what ended up happening was, in a long story short, in a matter of five years, I had this like life change, if you will. I lost my beloved golden retriever, we talked about, which was, that was a, a tough loss. Mm-hmm. Um, but then um, my father died three weeks after. Oh. And then within a, a year or so, my daughter uh, took ill with a catastrophic illness. And when all that came about, it was, I didn't hit rock bottom. You know, that is, that's not the term I like to use for this, but it was a, a moment in my life where I just was overwhelmed. I became my daughter's care advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, we were out in Boston quite a bit, and so I said to my husband, "I something has to give." And so I said I was going to quit my job, which I loved. I quit my job to become a full-time care advocate while we were going through my daughter's treatments. Mm-hmm. And during that time, my husband said, "Why don't you finish your book? You got this time. Finish your book." And um, that's what I did. And th- the uniqueness about Threads is, I think it needed that to um, become what it was because it became flavored with the pain as well. Like true emotion came into it, and Mm -hmm. I think that's why the book is relatable. Yes. Um, I thought it was, I felt embarrassed at first getting ready to release it because it's a memoir. I thought I would be boring to people. I didn't think I, I, I wasn't a person who traveled greatly or climbed Mount Everest or did these fantastical things. I thought people were gonna want to read that. Mm-hmm. And what I found with threads through the contact I have with readers is that in truth, the relatability yeah. is what has connected me with so many people, people I didn't even know that have shared their stories with me. It's connected us. Correct, <laughs> correct, <laughs> and, correct. And I will say, um, first of all, it is very relatable. Second, it's not boring. Okay, <laughs> so not at all. In fact, I think it's very easy to read in the way the chapters are broken down, and it's easy to read. And you don't have to read this book from beginning to end. Correct. Sort of pick your, by the way, in, in this book there are 54 chapters, but they're short, they're easy right. to read, and you can choose like the one, almost like therapy, what do I need today? Um, and I think there are so many uh, different threads to, to choose from, like divine intervention, of pain, of grief, of new experiences, and so on. And I think everybody, virtually everybody, can find something relatable in those. Correct. Yeah. That was that was my intent. My intent mm-hmm. was to write a book where you could, um, you didn't have to read it all at once. Yeah. Uh, you could pick your chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that the people like that. that. The feedback I got from the readers who bought it was that it's a bedside book. Yes. They keep it by their bedside. And okay. I just loved that. Mm-hmm. I loved the thought of someone holding my book and saying, tonight's the night I need a You can say a bedside book. Some people read books sitting elsewhere. Right, right. <laughs> That's very true. You don't want to That's call right. it the, I know. the bathroom so book. True. But anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, the bedside book sounds better. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that's really, yeah. you know, that was the, the mm-hmm. whole crux of the book is just, and, and to f- be able to find inspiration even in the negative. Right. And I think when people, because we, we talked before about, about grief, for example, mm-hmm. every one of us experiences grief. Every one of us, as no one can, can escape that. People we love die. Right. Our animals die. Our, and, and it's so hard to deal with that. But I think what you've written helps people understand, helps people cope. Even if it's just sharing a message, people say, oh, uh, it's not just me, I'm not alone. And even that helps. Right. I, that's what I found. <laughs> Thank you. That was yeah. my intent. Uh, yeah. It was my intent. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I never in, in mid, imagined going on. I thought that was going to be it. I was going to say I wrote a book mm-hmm. and kind of be done. But just hope that it did well, you know, in terms of it's your baby. It's yeah. your creative baby. I yeah. wanted to do well. And uh, this woman had bought five of my books one day, and she wrote me through my website. And she said, would you mind signing my books um, or th- that I p- purchased? And I said, of course. And we met at a local place over coffee. Mm-hmm. I was uh, familiar with her. I knew who she was. Yeah. And um, while we were there together, she said to me, would you write more about your experiences? Would you share how you gained strength through these times, how you got through it, uh, in particular with your daughter's illness? and and." I remember definitively going, no way, that's too painful, I can't go through that. Mm-hmm. And um, about two weeks later, another person wrote me and said, would you consider writing another book? You know, I'd love to hear your take on what you went through. And um, I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And so Spirit Threads then came, that's a year of my life memoir, mm-hmm. but in in just talking about going through a process and learning to walk with, for me, my faith, my God, and and um, healing. Mm-hmm. The subtitle is Messages of Hope and Healing, mm-hmm. which tells you a lot right there, too. Right. And um, so, and you know, you said something earlier that writing the book, you're almost embarrassed, self-conscious about it, and you didn't want it out because it's too personal. I understand how that is, because my first book was the same way. I was like, ah, no one's going to read it. Same thing. It'll be boring. Um but once you step out of that comfort zone, or the discomfort zone, correct? <laughs> <laughs> um, once you step out of that that place of being uncomfortable, um, things start to change, right? They do a lot, a lot. Yeah, and I also I think when somebody's going through difficult time, whether it's with grief or turmoil in their lives or trauma, and they get closed in, and once you doesn't it's not like a magic button but certainly the opportunities open up once you open up and begin to discuss it begin to open up begin to reveal yourself a little bit I think that's when things start to change right same thing with addiction um, if you don't seek help if you try to do this yourself and the magic thing that happens is once you admit it once you discuss it once you open up and join a group a meeting therapy any ways you can that's when things change that's right with the connection with the connection yeah absolutely and I I think it's really important you know I I found that with my spirit threads was that what people need need is to know that they're not walking it alone yeah that there's other people out there who are experiencing the same thing you are maybe not necessarily the same journey Mm -hmm. but the same affliction the same addiction the same uh, catastrophic illness, the same financial ruin, whatever that is, you find like people who you can then share your your journey with, mm-hmm. and you usually find success in that. You you can find success in that. You can find new opportunities, and I think one of the quotes, and I, I looked this. I think we talked about this. Um, that started your book. It says. Uh, no, the wrong book. Yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw, and it says this: extraordinary magic is woven through ordinary life. Look around. Once you start looking around, once you start opening up, once you start paying attention, 
is that's when opportunities, not overnight, right? Correct, not, not, not overnight. <clears throat> but they do, things mm -hmm. do open up. And even uh, with, with grief, and we talk about grief a lot, you know, it's not a fun thing to talk about, but it's important to talk about because that's when, again, people will listen and maybe hear something that we talked about being relatable, right. say, okay, I'm not alone. Right. How do I get through this? What words could help? Um, and some of your words certainly will, and the, the threads of, of pain, of loss, and, and so on, you've mentioned that quite a bit. Right. You've experienced it yourself, right. and I think what you've written certainly relates and can help people. So, And we talked about the spiritual end of things, which people, I think, um, often don't understand. Right. I don't understand it. Uh, and, but So I try to and say, okay, huh? how does this work? Why is this happening? And how important is that? I've heard from so many people. It's not just the physical or the mental. It's the spiritual side of things that is critical. It is. Yeah. I, re I really do believe yeah. that. You mm -hmm. know, and, and again, we talk about being open. And it, it doesn't have to be this blaring thing in, in your face. It can just be a very subtle thing where you feel at peace with whatever you're going through at that moment. Or mm -hmm. you notice something that is just extraordinary and you say is that meant for me you know that that's I feel connect through my grief I have connected or I feel connected to my loved one that way if I remain open I'm not um, you know I'm not I don't do the medium thing it's not that kind of thing for me it's yeah. more the spiritual aspect that we go somewhere mm -hmm. and that there are connections that we have when when you love to me love doesn't die you know, that love you have for somebody or a pet or whatever, it doesn't just disappear. There is it's a bridge there. to it. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think and, and I think you said something. It's not like you're doing seances. It's not that kind of spiritual thing. Mm -hmm. It's very subtle. Mm -hmm. it, it can be very private. It can be something that, you know, you don't have to shout it out. But and it's different a little bit for right. everybody. But I think just trying to understand it and even just sometimes... Um, Meditating, being by yourself, mm -hmm. absolutely, um, can 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 help. And I don't think. Well, what does this mean? If somebody were to say, how, how, do, how do you define a spirituality, and how does that help with my healing? I don't know the answer to that. Do you? I, I don't, <laughs> because I th I think it's an individual thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I I, ju I just feel like some people are there, and some people have to get there, and. I, w I wouldn't know how to tell anybody spiritually how to grasp something. I just know that I encourage it. I encourage a person to be open, to look for things. Um, some people, I'll share my experiences, mm -hmm. and th they will they will be like, oh, okay, you know, that's, that's beautiful. But they're just not there to accept that that could be a potential of maybe being touched by something unseen. I think people are for lack of a better word, and say intimidated by it, but apprehensive about it because they don't understand it. Yes, yes, yeah? yes, I do. And I mean, I certainly get it, you know. Yeah. I, you know, I, um, I just, you know, I just look for things that I think are going to give me comfort, get me through the moment, whether that's for my own sake. I don't know. I can't tell you. I have a, a little koi pond, little koi pond um, that I, I use as my... Uh, creative when I'm not writing or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I love to be in my gardens. Mm -hmm. I love to work the earth. I love to um, watch my fish swim. I that's where I will meditate. That's where I, you know, will if I find that peace. And I think that's another aspect of grief is to find that spot where you can feel at peace and maybe 
come to terms with some of the things because we all have regrets. We all have regrets. Um, I have hundreds, you know, and um, but sometimes you can work through those regrets. You can sit down and maybe just see, you know, I have regrets with my dad. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Not horrible, but just things that I wish I said differently. Or but how do you overcome regrets? How do you work through that? I, I guess you just have to accept that we're human and yeah. imperfect mm-hmm. and that our loved ones really loved us. And w- when I look at my own daughters, for example, I have two daughters grown, and I, I think to myself, I love them unconditionally. So if uh, my daughter snapped at me, that wouldn't define my eternity with them. <laughs> and that's kind of how I'm looking at it with my dad. You know, um, we had an unconditional love. And so I see that as... Um, he wouldn't hold that against me if I had that little regret. That didn't define our relationship. Because he has them just as you do. Right. Yeah, and we all do. Right. Yeah, and I think even in the in the world of addiction, and I've again known so many people say, oh my gosh, I, I did so many things that I regret mm-hmm. in my life of turmoil, um, and it's hard to get through that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you're right, you're not going to change it. And you're not going to have okay. I'm going to do this every day. It's, but it's just at least, at the very least, accepting it and saying, okay, I, I'm done with that part, and I'll just move on and right. change. But you can't change the past, and so therefore, right. you, you don't want to dwell on it either. Correct. So it's just getting past that, and it's it, easy to right. say. It is, but it, <laughs> but it is. It's getting past it, and maybe taking that life experience. And changing it going forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think that it doesn't erase the regret. It doesn't make the regret any less maybe painful, but it gives you a proactive, hopeful way of dealing with that regret. Yeah. Maybe potentially going forward, you acknowledge, I don't want to do that again. Yes. I'm going to be more mindful mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all hard. We're imperfect. You know, I mean, we're, there's no way we get up every day and, you know, our day goes like that. It just doesn't, you know. Well, talk about your um, the weaving threads of gratitude, mm-hmm. which is really a gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. And years and years ago, um, I remember going through a divorce a long time ago. But it was um, you, know, you see a marriage counselor, and I went by myself for a little bit, and and then um, the the person said, "Keep a journal, keep a journal. It'll help." I go. <laughs> I laughed. I said, that's, that's 16-year-old girls keep diaries. I don't keep a diary. Come on. Um, but I did anyway. And I got to tell you, it was one of the best things I ever did. Um, and then when I went through some other difficulty years later, I said, that um, helped then. I'm going to do it again. So I kept a little journal, and it was cryptic. It wasn't even any for anyone else but, but me, right. um, if they could even decipher it anyway. But it was just a, <laughs> a mess of thoughts. But I got to tell you, it was one of the best things I ever ever did because what I found is what I wrote in my midst of craziness I could see the progression and I could see give it some time months a year later what I was writing is different and I look back I go oh my god that's not me at all right. look how right. I've overcome this right. look how my attitudes changed look what's transpired here right. it's a wonderful thing and um, keeping a journal like this so anyway um, my own, but I think this also can work for many people who might not consider keeping a journal. 
Um, whether they're through uh, tr going through trauma, illness, grief, uh, to me it was such a useful tool. Um, so anyway, did, you want to talk about how, how you developed your own journal and how it's helped sure. you? Yeah. So um, again, another unique story. Yeah. I, I thought it was done after Spirit Threads. <laughs> and yeah. um, one of my, it, it was just when the pandemic had hit, 2020. Yeah. And one of my friends had said to me, I wish you would write a journal. Hmm. I wish you would write a journal because I'd love to have the way you see things, you know, like as a, as a prompt, as a, an encouragement, something where I can get up every day and have even the littlest thing be grateful, right? Because mm -hmm. that's the key. It's not the monumental things that you're going to remember. It's like your neighbor coming over and bringing you a flower. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it's the things where if you look back, you go, oh, my gosh, you know, that was so sweet. Um, so she asked about the journal like two or three times. And then the country shut down, if you will. You know, oh, yeah. we all were <laughs> yeah. isolated yeah. in place. And um, I said, gosh, wouldn't that be great if... I did the journal now because that might give people a chance to be more um, mindful of what's going on, might help during the isolation. So really the birth of Weaving Threads of Gratitude was kind of an offshoot of the first two books, mm -hmm. but with um, prompts and uh, sections where you could cultivate your own garden, which is just kind of like analyzing yourself and and seeing where you go. And I, and I did it in a 52-week form. But I, I didn't do it where you had to start on January 1. Or I, I, I made it kind of benign where you could start wherever you want mm -hmm. and um, or whenever you want. Mm -hmm. And um, it seemed to really resonate with people. Uh, I had one person say that she wasn't a great writer. She wasn't ever really into journaling. But she felt like she was sitting across from someone at the di at the breakfast table when she read it, yeah, and I thought that yeah. was such a great analogy. That's great, yeah. You know, it's just a nice compliment. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's where the journal yeah. came in, and I yeah. and because I journaled, uh, I t and I have to be honest when I'm writing when I'm in the crux of writing my books, like I'm editing or we're in proofing, I don't journal as much because I'm my mind is focused on the actual writing. But as soon as I'm done with that aspect, I'm back to journaling whatever uh, has come into my mind that I find is poignant. And um, so I just thought that that would be a great extension for someone who wasn't a real avid journaler, but might want to have an opportunity to start. And the idea, typically for a journalist, for that own person, it doesn't matter about writing skills. Correct. Um, it's just for their own. That's right. Yeah. To see their progress. And for me, it was so revealing to say, wow, and it makes you feel good. Right. Well, I'm not that person anymore. Uh, look what I've overcome. And I wasn't aware of it until I looked back and I go, wow, right. wow. And I think that's a, it's something to encourage people to do is their own therapy. It's free, too. It is free. <laughs> it is free. Absolutely. Uh, free therapy. Yeah. Um, and with your book, you, you can say, and we can hold it up um, here, and um, you have the threads. I have threads and, right and I think this could be a great guide for people because you can see it. It's sort of like you said, it's prompts right, to right. help people with their journal, and which I think is great because people, where do I start? What do I do? This is great for for that, and I think it could be so therapeutic, no matter what you're going through. Correct. You know. Correct. And that that's, that's the whole point. Is that it's it doesn't you don't have to be yeah you you don't even have to really be in a crisis of any kind. It could just be your own personal journey at that mm -hmm. time, but. 
um, yeah, that's what. And I and I should mention how threads came about. I never really kind of oh, defined yeah, that. Yeah. Is um, it, it, it the whole concept of threads is I I'd heard it in a sermon when I was a young girl, and it mm-hmm. always stuck in my head was that um, we're all creating this beautiful tapestry of our lives and how connected we are. You know, the threads that, well, they didn't talk about the threads, but just all the materials that go into our personal tapestry and then it's linked to yours and then it's, you know, it continues on. So it makes this glorious weave of of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I just loved the idea because to me, when you're creating a tapestry, it isn't just these beautiful colored threads there's knotted threads there's there's times in your life where you know your your threads aren't very pretty you know and you are um they're not growing they're not they're not extending they're stagnant if you will because you're stuck in a place and i just i felt like if people saw their lives through this beautiful tapestry they'd want to maybe change it a little or or be more observant of what they were doing in their lives yeah being more observant paying attention to things they might often overlook anyway and being open open right. to, to to a discussion to meeting people to you had said earlier and hope you don't mind me saying this you said gosh i'm really shy i don't know about sitting in front of a microphone but you did it anyway i did it i did, you did it. it anyway did. you weren't going to write your book because you were embarrassed correct but you did it anyway i did yeah. and that's a wonderful thing yeah. and despite those obstacles those knots in our threads get past those knots right. and keep going right and I think that, going back to the stepping out of your comfort zone, um, is where opportunities and things start to change. I think your life, I think, has changed after you wrote these three books. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, it's I, and I, I, I lo- use the term loosely, but it's been miraculous. And the reason I say that is because I actually thought my career was over. Like, I, I thought that because I was leaving my long-term job that I had planned to retire in, um, that I had changed gears at uh-huh. a later age, by yeah. the way. And I was very nervous, but what it's done is, when I was ready to le- release threads, I decided one day I couldn't do it. I was gonna halt it, I wasn't ready to release it. And one of my friends asked me to pray on it. She said, just don't do not do anything, Judy, just pray on it. And so I did, you know, I, I took it seriously and I just said, if this is meant to be, please let it be. And the peace I had when I, after I did that was just more like, sometimes you have to step out of your comfort zone, that maybe it's not about me, maybe it's about the five people I connect with. Mm -hmm. And I have connected with some people that I have never met that have shared their lives and the impact that Threads has had on their healing process for them. that I nothing can replace that. I don't need to be a bestseller. I don't need any of that. I never really wanted it anyways. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying if I feel like I can help somebody, that's more powerful than anything I could ever imagine. It's, it's, it's right. I agree with you 100%. And that's I feel the same way. And I think you've mission accomplished with this, you know. And you have so many, and I was going to ask you, but I know it'd be a hard question mm-hmm. because you have so many threads, the chapters of divine intervention, of clarity, of nature, of acceptance, um, and things that we all go through, and finding, you know, of love, and of being good to yourself, 
which is a hard thing to do. Um, but there's so much in here um, that I think people could relate to um, that, again, if, if I were to ask you, is there any one of these that, that sticks out as, as being the most um, uh, important to you? Or are they all your equal children here? <laughs> that, you know, obviously, yeah. I think I have, uh, well, yeah. to be fair, they're all my, you yeah. know, they're equal. But I, I, I do have some favorites, you know, yeah. in there that I resonate with me. I. You know, the threads of saying goodbye, um, that was with Casey, but just explaining what the process is like. Um, but believe it or not, one of my favorite chapters is uh, The Child Within You, um, which is about um, two elderly women who came to a beach every day. where We vacation the same place every year. And for a decade, they would come together and boogie board. Actually, they wouldn't. They would just not converse with anybody. They would just sit on the blanket. And I, every year when we got to Newport, Rhode Island, I would look for them. And sure enough, I could, didn't know if they were sisters. I didn't know if they were best friends. They were just extraordinary to me. And I became, you know, enthralled by their energy and their zest. And for me, I would watch them get in the water and boogie board, like I said, with these styrofoam boogie boards. But what was amazing to me was how youthful they became in that water. That you know they became uh, light and buoyant yeah, and yeah. and laughing. And then you know they would come out of the water and they, you know, probably were in their late seventies, and they would you know retrieve their elderly bodies and sit <laughs> on the. And I was just amazed by them. And I, I loved their energy. I loved the thought that no matter what they were going through. And I was sad when they stopped. You know, you know what's amazing to me is a lot of people probably walk by and don't notice. You noticed. I did notice. You paid attention to it. And look at how much meaning it had for you all these all this time later. Right. That's, I think, the difference. How many people walked by and just gave it a half a second of thought and kept going? Something you paid attention to. Yeah. Um, you know, you can get into all the chapters like that, and threads of saying goodbye and... There's some simple ones too. There are threads of sunrises and sunsets, mm -hmm. and even I think that's just taking a moment to be grateful for mm -hmm. what's in front of you right. at the moment. Couldn't be simpler. Right. Yeah. It's very true, and yeah. you know, um, with spirit threads, I, the hope in healing, the one thing I I got out of that catharsis, if you will, of writing that book, mm -hmm. um, I, I was I, I don't want to say I was a perfectionist, but I liked. I liked being on time. I liked having organization. I, w I was very much like that. And when my daughter took ill and all that chaos happened around me, I looked around and I realized that's not, none of that is important. And I started to simplify my life. And I can tell you that was liberating and freeing yeah. to be able to then say, I'm late for a meeting or I'm late for this, but maybe there's a reason I'm late today. Maybe um, not to s s sweat the small stuff, if you will, but be open to the fact that there might be something. A lot of times, I will tell you, when that happens to me, I run into somebody who we needed to see each other. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I, I, I I'm trying to let my life unfold the way it's meant, not me controlling it and keeping it in a box, but mm -hmm. allowing things to enter into my life in a different way and keeping it simple. And that to me has been a big part of my healing process. 
that's a good point though because sometimes you just the, the acceptance to say okay I'm late but I'm not going to get worked up over this and as a result something else happens and again you might have been worked up and stressed out and missed it but right. the acceptance of that correct um, and not having to correct everything and fix everything just like that right. and again I go back to little things to me I look back and I was in Cooper shopping one day um, for my wife's birthday present because I oh no it's tomorrow kind of a thing uh -oh. <laughs> so I went into Cooper's and I was just buying my gift I was in a hurry and I was ready to pay and I was ready to go out but out of the corner of my eye I saw someone over there they had a couple of books I walked by and I said something that said saw something that said messages of hope and healing I said I could just keep on walking but I didn't okay. something made me turn around and ask and I met you and we yes. talked and I said wow so we ended up talking for a while right. so I'm so glad yes. that's one of those moments it is one of those moments yeah. and it is the moment where you identified with something yeah and yeah and I almost missed it yeah right <laughs> I get it. it we all do yeah. yeah that happens a lot it does yeah and I think in going back with with in the thing that I I was why I thought how how can this resonate with our audience right, right. and right. and I think there's so much with talking about grief and spirituality and how can it really help somebody through their hope, through their healing, through the difficulty they're going through, through families that are going through right. and they say, I can't take this anymore. You know, sometimes it's just take a deep breath and I think some of the messages in your book will help. The journal certainly I think is an extremely therapeutic tool to use and I'd say I'd recommend it highly to anybody um, whether it's the, yourself if you're going through addiction or a family member or how do you cope with all of this through loss um i'd say give it a try yeah it doesn't cost you anything it doesn't no you're right it doesn't <laughs> and um there's a great guide and 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 judy's book weaving threads of gratitude well i'm really glad you came by and took time to, to talk i know? am too i really appreciate yeah. the opportunity sure. of course remember it's, it's judith cosby and there's three books are spirit threads Threads and weaving threads of gratitude, and they're all available on Amazon, right? That is correct. Do you have a website? I do. What is that? I knew you were going to ask yeah. that. <laughs> I almost forgot. Ju uh, uh, Judith Cosby. Uh, oh, I forgot. Dot com. Dot com. Yes. <laughs> 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 www. Judith Cosby. Judith Cosby. com. Yes. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time, and um, I hope this is a, a helpful message. And uh, we'll be talking. Great. All right. Thank you Thanks so much. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and thank you again. Um, see you soon. Thanks.